You're listening to The Wedding Whisperer with Sarah Burton of Simply Love Studio in Lexington, Kentucky. Today on the Wedding Whisperer podcast, I have Liz Arena here with me, and Liz is an officiant. So I'm really excited to have her here with me. And I've noticed over the years, as I have been meeting with my couples, we'll go through all of their vendors, what they need. And I'm like, okay, do you have any questions? Is there anything else you can think of? And they're like, yeah, actually, we don't have anybody to marry us. And in the beginning, that kind of, it shocked me a little bit, but then also, As I've gotten to know my couples more, a lot of them are not from the Lexington area. They've moved here for school or for jobs. They didn't have a church that they grew up with here, or they didn't have someone that they were connected with. And so we have several great people in our community that honestly, they do a lot of weddings. We have um, three or four officiants that do the majority of our weddings, to be honest, Obviously, you have to have someone to perform the ceremony and to sign the marriage license. So it is legal. And uh, we are going to talk about all those things today and how that works. Just kind of cross this off of our list of topics because it is something that's important. And um, I know that you have a lot of questions about it. So Liz, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Tell me a little bit about yourself in general. I'm a Lexington transplant as well. You were talking about people that don't have their roots or their home church or anything here. Um, I'm originally from Northeastern Ohio, lived in upstate New York, and have been in Lexington for about nine years now. Uh, Married my high school sweetheart in 2009. And that was before Pinterest weddings and all of that stress. So thank goodness for that. You know, you went to your one wedding show in your town and that was it. That's all you had. And you got your spread of whom you saw there. And so to see my friends getting married now, these questions that everybody has is tremendous. And now I find myself on the side as like a wedding vendor and a wedding professional seeing that, oh, everybody still has these same questions that I had is is really interesting. So I became an inefficient kind of by accident, and it's been great. Honestly, a lot of vendors become vendors um, by accident. So that is honestly completely normal. When did you do your first wedding? My first wedding was in the fall of 2019. I had a good friend that was here in Lexington. She was also an employee of mine. And she was a transplant from New York. Her and her fiancé both didn't have anybody local to do their wedding. And I honestly was their second choice. And I told her I was going to say that, so it's okay. And the person they had first thought about wasn't available. And it was sort of a joke that I was like, well, I might as well just do it. Uh, And there we were. I just did it. And to date, it is my shortest ceremony. I believe it was 120 seconds. It fit comfortably on a cell phone uh, video that could still be sent through like Facebook Messenger. Wow, okay. It's like a certain size. But that was per the bride and groom's request. They wanted more about their party and their time with their people who were out of town. So we said what we had to say and we moved on through. And it's still one of my favorites. It was in a backyard. It was tiny. I was there for everything from set up to tear down. And it was so fun to be part of their day. And I never expected to do it again. And then it just kept happening because you keep having friends and family in your life that get married. And it's just like, oh, well, I'm an officiant. Oh, really? 
Uh, and it, honestly, it's a really great wedding present. I'm not a fan of doing the shopping and the wrapping. So a lot of times I'll just be like, oh, this is a great present. I'll that be, is brilliant, to be honest. I That's what I started with, honestly. And it was great to be part of their day and also be invisible on their day is kind of my favorite part. And so I know that you have done weddings in Lexington now, and I think you've said you've done them in a couple other states, I too. have. I have done weddings in Lexington, in Ohio, in New York, and in Florida. Oh, okay. So that's more than I even realized. Yes. So tell me how in Kentucky, whether it's you or, or rather it's the couple's friend or family member that wants to marry them, what is the process that you get registered to be an officiant? What allows you to sign the marriage license? In Kentucky, the requirements are very minimal, per se. They do make you become an ordained minister. Um, but you can become a lay minister through even several websites on you know, the internet. Um, there are non-denominational churches you can go through. There are kind of fictional churches you can go through. I chose to go through a religious venue through Open Ministries. I wanted the option to have the actual credentials of a religious ministry that went with it in case that was important to a bride. I will say that has not been important to anyone um, in all of the weddings I've done. No one has asked for anything until a most recent bride, and she wants a church wedding, but non-traditional. And so I went online. I took a couple of classes. They were like PowerPoints and worksheets through the open ministry, ethics, those types of things. Um, and then you sign a paper. They send you a certificate in the mail, and you're a minister. And from there, uh, Kentucky doesn't require that you register. Um, so once your couple gets their marriage license, they bring it to you, either rehearsal or whenever, and you just have to sign it, um, fill it out, tell them what your ordination comes from, your name, and that's really it. Um, in Ohio, it was different. I did have to register with the state beforehand. Um, I had to just fill out a form. They did ask a few more questions about my ordination, which I got all of that information from the paperwork when I registered with Open Ministries. And then I had to send like a $10 fee because, of course, they had to get theirs. But in the same thing, once I filled that in, there was no process of waiting to be approved in Ohio. It was just like, fill out this form. You're good. Uh, and in New York and in Florida, there was nothing as well that was extra. Okay. And two, whenever it comes to getting a marriage license in the state of Kentucky, it is the easiest thing that you can do. And it's also the most budget-friendly, cheapest thing that you will do the entire planning process. You will go to any county clerk's office. I know that a lot of things changed during the pandemic. So I always encourage you to look at the county clerk's office um, starting about three months before the wedding just to make sure that nothing keeps changing with that um, because it had always been the same up until the pandemic. So I recommend uh, looking at the county clerk's website. But as of right now, you can get your marriage license in any county in Kentucky. You both have to be present. It is $50. If you take cash, there's no additional fees. If you want to pay by credit card, of course, there's going to be anywhere from probably a three to five dollar credit card processing fee. My biggest recommendation is to double and triple check every single thing that is on that marriage license before you leave the clerk's office. Because I, when I did full service planning, I did have a wedding where 
um, the date was wrong. It had been typed in wrong. So I had not seen the marriage license until that morning. And thankfully, it was a county where the clerk's office was open until 12 that day. The world wouldn't have ended, but it was easier to get it fixed that day than to have to deal with that in the following weeks. So I always just recommend that everything is correct on the the marriage license before you leave that day. And then do you ask your couples to bring that to you at rehearsal or do you ask for them just to have it there the day of? If we have a rehearsal, I do request it at rehearsal. It's one less thing for them to remember day of. Um, A lot of times I'll go ahead and pre-fill out the portion that the couple will keep. That way, mostly the bride is going to need it if she's going to do a name change. And I'll make sure she has that. Because that's one little tiny piece of paper that you're going to lose on your wedding day and every other little scrap of paper. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a rehearsal, I just ask that you give it to a contact person. That way I don't have to worry you in the few moments before uh, your ceremony. And then I'll return the little slip that the couple needs to keep back to that contact person. And then once I have the marriage certificate, um, I'll fill it out and then I send it directly on to the county clerk and it just has to go back to the clerk of the county that you were married in is the only specification at that point but other than that it's pretty simple okay like you said to get your license do remember that they expire but i do know in fayette they give you a beautiful piece of paper that literally tells you exactly when they are um, valid i think for 30 days yes So I usually recommend about two weeks out. That way it's checked off your to-do list. But also I know we have couples coming into Lexington. And if it's a destination wedding, they may go the Thursday or Friday before. So I always recommend if you're doing that and it's close to holiday, check the holiday hours. And then make sure that you do have someone that is going to be in charge of things that evening. And not all officiants will mail that off. So make sure if you are leaving on your honeymoon to have somebody do that, whether it's a planner or a mom or somebody. Definitely. I will say, too, I had a recent couple that was surprised that you don't sign your marriage license the day of your wedding anymore. So having that traditional picture where somebody's going to sign that marriage license with you doesn't actually exist. So if that's something you're going to want, talk about that ahead of time with your officiant. We can order certificates that are more formal or ceremonial, um, have them pre-filled out. That way you'll have something pretty to sign if you want that picture or if you want that more designed certificate that you can hang up at home. Etsy has some beautiful options, I will say. Um, And like your witnesses don't even sign anymore. You print in their names. So once the couple signs their marriage license at the county clerk when they pick it up, there's no more signatures other than mine or the officiants that go on it. Okay, so I did not know that. That is interesting. It was a bit of a surprise, and I do think that bride was a little surprised. Her bridal party was a bit more sad, I think, than she was about it. They were expecting that picture. So we discussed that they could just take a picture signing a piece of paper and we could get the prettier one in the mail shortly. And so since they technically don't have to sign, do you still have to have two witnesses, correct? Yes, I do have to have two names for witnesses. Those will go on the certificate that goes back to the county clerk as well as go on the form that you keep yourself. Okay. And so leading up to the wedding, how much communication do you have with your couples? It really depends on the couple. I had to lower my expectations, not in a bad way. 
uh, working with my friends and my family that were getting married, I had a lot of communication with them leading up to their wedding. I was part of a lot of things. It was easier, obviously, to know them. So I had more expectations of I wanted to spend more time talking to these couples. Well, you're getting ready for a wedding. You don't need to know me on that personal level. So I had to figure out my best communication methods. I start with a simple questionnaire to kind of feel out what kind of communication they want from me. Some couples really want to be part of the planning process. Some are just like, hey, write it. Here you go. I'll show up. Um, that questionnaire will let me know what they're expecting from me. And then we usually start with either a video chat or in person, if possible. Those last about an hour, I'd say. And then I've really had one follow-up in between that we just finalize your ceremony. We talk through it. We kind of go through your parts and uh, fiance's parts and all of that and what to expect and make some last minute changes. And then I see them on the day of, be that the rehearsal or the actual wedding. In between there, we chat via text or email, whatever they're comfortable with. And then I do plan the ceremonies in a Google Doc, which is shared amongst the couple. That way they can see any changes and edits I make as well as I can see theirs. It's kind of a constant open line of communication that makes it a bit nicer. So really, I think two times touching base with your officiant has been plenty for me. Um, I would like to think I have done pretty well in the last few ones that I have done where that has been the common trend. Um, and really, it was more for me to get comfortable with that okay. little bit less communication. But I think it's worked out pretty well. And how many times, like what percentage of the time do you think you go to rehearsal? I am finding more couples that aren't having a formal rehearsal or a traditional Correct. rehearsal. We're seeing a lot of smaller bridal parties. And I think that's where the decision to have or have not have a rehearsal come into play. And it comes from if you've got a lot of moving parts in your wedding, that's where you're going to want your rehearsal. And if you would like me to be present, I'm happy to do so. That is part of the packages that I offer. And I can come and I'll do everything from walking everybody through every step of the way from the ceremony. We'll line you up. We'll bring you down. We'll show you everything. We won't go through every bit of the ceremony, but we'll hit the main parts. You'll see everything that's moving. If you're going to have a lot of readings or music changes or unity candles, any of those kinds of things, I would recommend at least having a small rehearsal. If you don't want a formal rehearsal, but you do have those kinds of things, I do offer like an outline that's going to show you the basics the same way maybe like your wedding planner would. They would hit the basics of the ceremony, kind of key terms that they can expect from me and movements from me uh, that they're not going to see at the rehearsal. Uh, I don't want you to freak out when I step out of the way for a picture and you just think I've made a run for it type of thing. Um, hasn't been a problem yet, but we'll see. It's, okay. it's potential. <laughs> and then on a wedding day, what do you wear? I normally try to be as nondescript as possible, which is tough since this is a podcast. You can't tell that I'm about six foot tall with blondish red hair. I, I don't hide well in a crowd. So my normal attire is um, a black suit with just black pants, a black blazer. I will wear my hair back in a formal bun, 
very basic makeup. I don't wear a lot of makeup anyway. I do everything to try to stay as nondescript as possible. Uh, I don't want your camera to pick up anything on me. Anything I hold is going to be a neutral color or a black as well, unless the couple specifically asks for a different color. Um, I did have a couple who were wearing black themselves. So they asked that I wear earth tones, which I was totally fine with. Earth tones are very in right now. Um, but other than that, most of the time, the the couples don't have a preference. I do let them know ahead of time. Um, I do have visible tattoos in my normal outfit. If that is an issue, I don't mind covering them up. I don't mind wearing something that would cover them. Um, I also ask how they feel about piercings and hairstyles and that kind of thing. Most of the time, they really don't have a preference or honestly, it's something they've not thought about. So... Me asking kind of surprises them. So my basic, and honestly, it feels good to be the person that can wear black to a wedding without getting looked at. Uh-huh, 100%. <laughs> and honestly, I'm a big fan when all vendors wear black or the majority black. I just feel like, and that was one of my things when I did planning. The majority of the time I had on black, I just wanted to fade into the back. I didn't want people to know that I was there making things happen. Um, I know a lot of that has changed now as we are allowed to be creatives, but I'm, I'm always a big fan of black. So, yes. and then as far as when you are actually performing the ceremony, do you use like a binder? Do you use paper? Do you use an iPad? Like, how do you read the ceremony? I currently use a tablet. I have tried several things. I've tried a little binder book. I've tried a spiral notebook, which I used on a boat. I don't recommend. That was a one and done. <laughs> Since then, I use a tablet only. It is something that I can easily hold in one hand. It allows me to scroll through my notes so I'm not potentially going to double read something. It's something I can also put down and not have to worry about is the page marked, that kind of thing. It also allows me to make changes on the fly. I have had changes that we've needed to make minutes before a ceremony, and that's totally fine. If I have that, I can do that really quickly and then not have to rack my brain and concern myself about, am I going to forget this little minute detail? Um, I've not used a cell phone. I have seen a lot of officiants doing that at this point. For me, maybe it's just a vision thing. I'm worried that's too small. Um, I do, again, talk to my couple if they want something specific, then I will change um, what I have. I think I have a bride next year that in 2024 that wants a book. And I've already ordered a cover for my tablet that looks like a book so I can still have my tablet. And she's approved Brilliant. of that. That's Etsy. Again, love Etsy. <laughs> and to, I think, I don't want to say anything is okay to read from, but I do think that is one question um, couples should ask their officiant or their minister is what they are reading from. Um, honestly, I'm not personally a fan of like paper in general, like loose leaf paper and just paper. <laughs> Um, it's been wadded up. It's been creased. Um, if the wind blows, it can, the pages get mixed up. Note cards. I don't like note cards. So a binder, a book, a Kindle, anything like that um, is my preference for the way it looks in pictures. Agreed. <laughs> Not that I'm like picky or anything. Yes. I would say as a, a bride or a groom, if you have something specific in mind, that you think seems silly because you've seen a picture in your head of individuals at their ceremony. 
and you think that's what mine's going to look like, maybe mention it even if you think, oh, I want that black shoulder padded lapel jacket with the brown binder. If it's something you've thought about and it's important, that's okay. We can make it work. It's not a huge deal. Like I said, I have a a cover that can go on my tablet that makes it look like I'm holding a book and no one will be none the wiser. Your pictures will look just the same. It's not something that you have to sacrifice. And I know that seems silly because you're like, oh, it's it's minor. But I did have one bride that it was a big deal. Um, and it was okay that it was her big deal, you know, and it, she was going to bypass it and not say anything when all I had to do was change to a different little booklet. And yeah. it was a world of difference. So, And I think that's one of the things we're always scared to speak up. We don't want to ask people to go to extra trouble. But when it does mean something <laughs> to us, like, you're, you were more than happy to do that. Oh, for so sure. So absolutely speak up, even if you think it's something that is going to inconvenience somebody. If it's important to you and you're paying for that service, absolutely ask. And I say that, but I'd be the last person to speak up about most of things. I'm getting but better. I'm getting better. And so. maybe if I tell more people to speak up, then I can speak up more, right? Yeah, that's what I'm working on over here. <laughs> yeah. And then as far as um, how far in advance are you booking weddings? Like how how quickly, like if I if a bride calls you for three weeks from now or two years from now, like where are you at booking wise? I'm a little bit all over the place. I have several weddings booked out through the end of this year. I have one wedding that'll be booked for 2024 in the next couple of days. And that was a wedding that we had discussed in 2022. Um, I have weddings that I was contacted about um, six weeks in advance. And again, I have that bride that's in 2024 already. For my schedule, being that this is sort of a part-time gig or a side gig for me, I'm pretty available and flexible. And that's sort of what I put out there as my brand. Um, I can do this on the fly. I'm pretty flexible. I'm okay with that tighter schedule. I'm not sure how other officiants are booking up or what that looks like for them. But I think in my realm, it's okay to reach out to me last minute. I am available. I can make myself available. And officiant-wise, I think that might be what it looks like pretty much for everyone. And I think, too, this is where when I meet with couples and they will say they want their friend to officiate, their uncle, and then as it gets closer, that person starts freaking out a little bit. Um, they can't. They don't want to do it anymore. And so I think some of the last minute calls come from basically someone else freaking out and not wanting to do it. So that's, it's it's okay to ha for that to happen, but you do have to have an efficient. So yes. um, let's talk a little bit about pricing for efficient. I know it's going to be different for every single person, um, but kind of where are you at starting price point wise? My price points fall between... About three to five hundred for a bigger wedding. That's going to be your wedding that's going to have a full ceremony, a full rehearsal, and not necessarily be as local in Lexington. I do have a travel fee outside of 50 miles of Lexington. So those individuals that are booking those bigger venues and in the horse farms and all of that is what we would be looking at for more of the... Um, 400 to 500 range if there's going to be travel. The smaller weddings, I'm usually hitting at about 250, and that's going to include your full ceremony 
and that's completely personalized to you and your significant other and, and whatever you want in your day. It can be as short or as long as you want. That's going to include everything for me for ceremony day. Um, anything I need for your paperwork. So the postage, I send everything priority just for my peace of mind, really. Um, my hair, making sure it's done properly so I'm not looking a hot mess in your pictures as well, the dry cleaning, um, gas, and those types of things. If you have a rehearsal and you're local to Lexington, it's going to be like an extra $100. So we're looking around the 300 350 range. Again, I've not done many rehearsals. The couples just aren't doing that traditional setting. And truly, a lot of my weddings have been not your standard Saturday weddings. I've done a lot of weekday weddings. I've had some elopements. I find the people or the people find me that want something that's not on your standard traditional day. And I love that. And I will say to those price ranges for anyone that's listening that is working on their budget, that is a pretty standard for using um, an officiant and not a minister with the church per se. Um, I do know that a lot of the reasons that couples are looking at um, officiants outside of a church is because of the price that uh, the ministers charge. Um, there are some um, ministers here in Lexington that started about 600 to go up to the 1000 1200 range. And honestly, it's hard for me. It would be hard for me to justify that when you're going to do a fantastic job. Because a lot of times those uh, minister fees do not include any type of premarital counseling. That is something that you can usually go through a church if you want to do that. Um, a lot of times those are free or very affordable. Or there are counseling offices oh, yes. so many um, that go through um, premarital counseling options as well. And we have several really good ones of those here in Lexington. And one of the things that I want to touch on before we wrap this up that we have not touched on is same-sex couples. Um, I know you have performed several ceremonies that are uh, same-sex. Yes. How are those or are those different in any way from a traditional couple? Really? They've not been. Um, and I was interested to see as someone who sets herself as a firm ally in the LGBTQIA plus community, I really wanted to kind of branch into that community. You see so many individuals that maybe don't have someone supportive of their relationship in its current state at this time. And the issues they're finding with individuals that are okay with marrying them still, which is absurd. And that was really what my intended my focus to be if I branched out. And I come to find out it's really no different. In my normal questionnaire, I'm going to ask your pronouns and your preferred name. It would be the same as if you're a she, her, Rebecca, but you prefer to be called Becky in your ceremony. That's no different in my mind. I think I get the same level of communication at times from the, the same-sex couples or from um, my transgender couples as well. It's the same as just building any ceremony. We're here to talk about your relationship and what brought two people to come together today and what brought you to this day. And I think the only difference I see is it takes a little bit more for them to warm up because I obviously it, 
that's where the world is for them. And I want them all to know that with me, you're safe, we're comfortable, we're going to do this your way. I don't care if, you know, Mima on the back doesn't want a certain pronoun or a certain name used. That's okay. I don't I don't have a problem talking over Mima. I don't have a problem asking Mima to sit down, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, so I think in all actuality, it's no different. And I want those couples to know that your wedding is no different. And I don't want you going forward concerned that it needs to be thought of that way. A wedding is a wedding is a wedding. We're going to end on that because that is 100% accurate. Liz, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing all the things about officiating. Like I said, it's the one thing that you have to have when it comes to your wedding day is your marriage license and someone to sign that marriage license. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And if a couple wanted to reach out to you, what is your email address for them to do that? The best email for me is happilyeverarena at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. For more information about Simply Love Studio or to schedule your wedding consultation, go to simplylovestudio.com.